Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of College and Career Coffee Chats with Delicia. I'm your host, Delicia Larcón, your resident hype tia, or your fellowship fairy godmother. However you would like to describe me as, I'm here for you. This is another episode of interviews and guest speakers coming in to chat with me about being a first generation, how to navigate imposter syndrome, how to navigate the world uh, today in the work environment, the application process, the undergraduate admissions, and the graduate admissions process. We're here together to chat about it, to peel back the layers, to peel back the curtain behind what happens in higher education, to really provide the skills and the tools necessary to succeed in whatever that goal is for you. So make sure you have your coffee, your energy drink, or tea, whatever you want to listen in on this conversation between my guests, my colleagues, and my friends. And make sure you stay tuned so you can get access to all the free goodies and the gifts that I have created for you as it relates to training, about scholarships, about resume writing, about cover letter, anything that you need in the process. I've created some gifts for you so you can download those instantly and have access to the workbooks and the trainings. And stay tuned if you would like to join the Facebook group and the community to connect with everyone. So without further ado, let's listen in on our guests and our conversations. Cheers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another chat with the College and Career uh, podcast, Coffee Chats. We have coffee today, and Ari is joining us with a nice beverage, Coca-Cola. We're not sponsored by them, but maybe in the future. Yeah. Uh, Let's (laughs) let them know. Um, So we're going to cheers before we chat. Cheers. Cheers. So if you're listening in, make sure you have your coffee, your tea, your beverage of choice. um, Because if you hear slurping or like we're tapping the table, it's because we're drinking from our beverage of choice. Cheers. Cheers. So if you're new to us, make sure you're listening. We talk all things career, college in a very informal, organic way so we can uh, get to the nitty gritty of things in our experiences and people's stories, Um, not scripted and just having fun chats with these friends that I have met on the interwebs. Um, so Ari and I connected through a Facebook group that is dedicated to first gen uh, individuals, uh, since her and I both identify as first gen. And she's going to talk a little bit about her experiences with that. Uh, but before that, I want to give you an intro as to who she is. She is awesome. And I'm so, so excited to have her with us here. Uh, so she is originally from Honolulu, Hawaii. Then she moved to Flag- Flagstaff, Arizona to pursue her gr- career and her degree in higher education. Like other first-gen college students, Ari experienced some hurdles when approaching the higher education environment, which we're going to talk about. And after obtaining her degree in strategic communication at Northern Arizona University, she decided to remain in Flagstaff and work full-time. So she currently works as the communications analyst for information technology services at Northern Arizona University, and is the reigning Miss Arizona Collegiate United States. 
So let's give her a round of applause real quick for that. <laughs> I feel like she should have worn her hat. Thank you. <laughs> no, this is super informal. Didn't want to, you know, cause any waves. But thank you, Demisha, for having me. And I'm so excited to be on this podcast and sharing my experiences with you folks. And hopefully we can all take away something from this podcast today. And I'm looking forward to getting, getting in the groove with it. Yes, and her passion and her platform uh, is connecting higher education for all. So her passion is helping students believe and achieve in higher education. And she is recently opened up her own scholarship for NAU students. So today she's going to talk about all those things and talk through the lens of her experiences, talk a little bit about Miss Arizona Collegiate, if you're interested in the pageant world and how that connects to your personal passions like hers in higher ed. So enough about me and what I want. I want her to take it away and talk about her experiences and her story. Well, thank you, thank you. Now I'm on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Like my intro said, so yeah, I'm originally from Hawaii, um, and to be honest, I went to a private Catholic school for all of my life, and my grandfather was the one that really was that advocate for education for me. He paid, helped my parents pay my way through school for 13 years, and it's insane. I went to a private high school that costed more than my college tuition. Wow. Um, and that is, that is crazy to think about, but it is not, it is not a rarity in Hawaii. Like that's just how the cost of living in Hawaii is insane. Um, so when I was a junior, I had all these accolades, you know, I was student class president. I was captain of the volleyball team, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. I started applying to, I would say, you know, brand name schools like UCLA, USD, Stanford. And I had my heart set on going to California. If you missed it, we just said I'm currently in Arizona. So there's obviously something that happened there that led me to where I am. So I got a bunch of denials, a bunch of acceptances. And what really stuck out to me was the financial aid packages that mm -hmm. I received in the mail um, when I got my admissions letters. It was insane. It was like $60,000 per year without housing, meals, whatever, you name it. That was just solid tuition, not including books. And I had to have that conversation with my parents. Like, I'm excited. Can, can I go here? And they had to say no, because I didn't want to take $100,000 in student loans. I didn't want to be in debt. Um, but, and my, and my parents were totally new to this. My right. grandparents are from the Philippines and so technically, my dad and my mom are the first generation Americans in our family. And because they were a very non-traditional American family, uh, they didn't have the opportunity to go to college. And my parents had me at a very late age. They had me at 38. So by the time that I was applying to college, they did not know what like Google.com was. They didn't know how to work the internet. They still don't know how to like... FaceTime me. So technology was a barrier for them. And then when I approached it, being the only child too, I had no one to be like, this is, this is the path that you need to go on. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, 
going to a private Catholic school where there's a lot of my peers that are wealthy and affluent, they were like, I got all this money. So I started getting that pressure, you know, that pressure to apply to all these brand name schools. And I was just doing it blindly because all of my peers did it. I didn't know my why. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something that I would encourage you folks to do is know your why. Know what you want in a university. As much as you are looking to apply to them and appease them, they also have to appease what you're interested in as well. They have to put in, it's like a mutually exclusive relationship. They need to put in the work to show you that this is going to be your second home because it is. You don't want to go into a place for four years or however long you're going to do your you know, degree and not like it at mm-hmm. all. Um, so I came across after that whole figuring out finances and not being able to go to California, um, I had to look somewhere else. So this college, Northern Arizona or university at Northern Arizona University kept contacting me, contacting me, contacting me to the point where it was a little bit annoying, <laughs> but you know, they showed me that they had a lot of interest in me. And I think that right. that's what a lot of students, when they're navigating this for the first time, miss. They have to have an attractive factor to you as a student too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met one of the admissions officers and she became, and we're still friends till this day, and she still works <laughs> in admissions. Um, and she was that little lifeline for me and my mm-hmm. family getting to navigate and picture NAU being my second home because I never did a college tour for NAU. I never stepped foot in the state of Arizona prior to freshman orientation that summer or that fall that I started. And I was solely relying on this one person to tell me Mm -hmm. all of the things and how my interests are going to match the interests of the university. Um, And when I got there, I fell in love like that's awesome sometimes and as cheesy as this sounds everything (laughs) does happen for a reason I never I never scoped out this school at all I never even heard of it quite frankly like in the middle of a mountain town that snows (laughs) when the whole other state of Arizona you think of cacti yeah and triple digit in the desert exactly so I thought okay I'm gonna be hot all the time so I packed all my shorts I packed all of my tank tops, like I was back home in Hawaii. I was like, great, it's going to be hot. Yeah, (laughs) maybe not. But another thing too, is that I think that a lot of high school students do when they're approaching the higher education environment is that they don't think that the admissions officers want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. I, I see a lot of students go to like the college fairs and all of that stuff and just grab the materials. Like, okay. And to be honest, I was there too. I was a student. I would just grab the material, stuff it in my bag, and I would never look at it again. Right. And I think that happens (laughs) with a lot of us. Like, I I just don't know. And the admissions officers want to get to know you. They really do. And I feel like once you build that rapport, there's a lot of perks that come out of having a relationship with your admissions officer. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether that be, you know, like maybe waiving the application fee, whether that be connecting you to clubs on campus that you've never heard of before, or maybe helping you find an on-campus job. Like that person for me really helped me navigate my freshman year. Mm -hmm. Um, And thankfully, I had five of my classmates from high school that I graduated with 
come to NAU the same year that oh, I was attending as a okay. freshman. So I had that little piece of home. But honestly, the first year was rough. I was at, the, at first, I was super excited to be away from my parents. I was like, thank goodness, freedom. <laughs> yeah. I was stoked, right? Stoked to be in a new place, have new friends, build those relationships. And then it started getting cold around this time of year in October. Yeah. And, you know, you, you typically have midterms during this time of year, pre-COVID. And it was stressful. And that amount of stress, being away from home, getting it, getting colder, having it get dark um, earlier, all had these factors of playing into homesickness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like homesickness is something that occurs regardless if you are attending an institution in in your home state or -hmm. if you're not. It's just all these factors that play in. So what helped me with my homesickness is getting involved in clubs, organizations, to help you feel like you're at home. I started cooking um, local dishes, if you will, that helped me integrate that little piece of home and carry that with me. Um, And also just technology nowadays is incredible to the point where you can FaceTime, Zoom, Mm -hmm. Microsoft Teams, and still get that sense of home. Because I I believe that at one point in your collegiate career, you will feel a homesick. It's inevitable. Um, And then during, you know, freshman, sophomore year, I started just navigating the playing field. I didn't get an on-campus job, but some people do. Everyone's different. Not all students are the same, but my path was I just need to focus on just getting the feel of the land um, because I didn't know where things were. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just as cheesy as finding your favorite place to study or get coffee, build that foundation your first year, because that those years beyond that, you're just going to build on top of that foundation and you're going to feel more. I like to say identity capital. You build that identity capital that helps you, right? Identity capital. You get to know who you are because granted as a 17 or 18 year old, you're not going to know like what you declare your major as. I changed my major Mm -hmm. five times. My parents (laughs) were like, we're going to pay for your tuition for you to become a lawyer. Sat myself in that like philosophy 101. I could not do it. I could not do it. Yeah. So build that identity capital, build that foundation because you don't want to pursue something, pursue a degree that you're not going to be interested in and drag yourself through your degree for four, five, however long it takes years and completely hate it. You want to find something that you're passionate about. So that's why I went into public relations and advertising and strategic communication because I like to talk. If you haven't noticed (laughs) by now, (laughs) if you haven't noticed by now, I like to talk. Um, and having an NAU, I feel like is a small, a smaller campus compared to our sister universities, ASU and U of A to the Mm -hmm. point where I knew that that more, that having that smaller campus, that more intimate feel, the professors were able to kind of remember my name or at least, you know, remember my face. So I'm not just like a number on their, you know, class sheet. Um, that really helped me too, because I was able to open up. I, I told them like, Hey, I'm struggling, like, please help me. And that's a lot of thing. That's another thing that I think a lot of college students don't take advantage of 
is asking their professors. It's like, go to class, have the lecture, and you're done. Do your homework. But they really want to get to know you, at least from my experience. They want to get to know what your goals are during your time here. Sorry, my talks are okay. <laughs> having a fun time outside. We like dogs. <laughs> right? And, like, even, like, simple things like going to their class hours, just yeah. building a relationship, having that rapport, because who knows? Maybe they can help you get published. Maybe they can help you yeah. find an internship. So those are all the things that I wish I would have done. And for my first and second year, like I said, I was just kind of just navigating what I wanted to do. I put, I, I did Quidditch for a little bit because I was just bored out of my mind. Um, we do have a Quidditch team at NAU. If you're interested in Quidditch, they're called the Narwhals. I don't know if they're playing this season, but apparently they're like ranked 18th in the nation. So oh if you're an HP fan, all you HP fans out there, NAU has a Quidditch team. Um, and it's just like do stuff that you would never experience or think that you thought you could do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that made sense, but you know what I'm saying? Like do that all the things, do all the things, because I think that if you do things that do interest you and do things that don't interest you, you build that identity capital. That's going to set you up, help you feel more confident in your identity capital and more confident moving forward. Um, and then junior year comes around. I was like, great. I have two more years. I need to get an internship. I got to do all these things. Um, and unfortunately my parents at the same time were going through a divorce. So they broke the bad news to me saying, Hey, Hey homegirl, uh, we can't finance your tuition anymore. It's like, Oh, what does that mean for Ariago? Uh, it means that I had to either take out another student loan or finish early because they were done after year three. So mm -hmm. I, that ha all happening really plummeted my mental health. So tip mm -hmm. here, your mental health is important. Don't just go to college thinking that you're just going to breeze your way through, have a test here and there, do all the things. No, you need to take time for yourself, whether that be watching Netflix, whether that be mm -hmm. getting coffee or just, I don't know, some R&R, yeah. do a facial. It's so important because I feel like it helps you be more balanced throughout your, your years. It helps you maintain just a level of sanity because it does get crazy. College is, is not meant to, for everyone to be, here's a free pass, get your degree. <laughs> it's going to be hard, you guys. And you have yeah. to find your ways. You have to find your rhythm of when you can start noticing that maybe you're feeling a little more down than usual. How do you pick yourself back up? And I feel like the students that are able to bounce back faster are, mo are more motivated. And I feel like that's something that a lot of institutions don't reiterate during your degree like what mm -hmm. happens after your degree and I wish more institutions did that mm. it's not all about you know okay you're gonna graduate and you're gonna get this beautiful full-time job <laughs> right out of college because now you have a 40 50 maybe a hundred thousand dollar diploma to show it off no when I entered when after I graduated and entered the professional world Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I was applying. I graduated in May of 2018. I started applying in February. Got no, 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 you know, like whatever. And you feel like, what? I thought <laughs> I got this degree. I spent four years and I racked up all these loans. 
to just get a no. And I think that there's a lot of other skills that employers nowadays are looking in students, especially, you know, college grads to have in addition to their degree. So just I, I, from my experience, I think it's a community service. Mm-hmm. Internships are really helpful. Um, so that's what I would encourage you to do too. If you are, I don't know, a junior or senior, even if you're beginning your college journey, start getting involved. Mm-hmm. Period. 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 <laughs> ta ta. And it and there's are there's so many people to help you along the way. Believe it or not, you just have to sometimes establish that first connection. I used to be very shy, and it's this weird thing, right? When, um, and I'll be frank, NAU is a pretty much a white dominated campus, and there was this weird thing that this weird mindset that I had because my close friend said, oh, you have like an accent because you're from Hawaii, I think. And I mean, I I didn't notice that I speak, I think, okay English. (laughs) Um, But I guess my vowels were rounder than your average person, I guess. But what is average anymore? Yeah. Um, And there was this weird thing where I wouldn't answer questions. I wouldn't put myself out there because I thought I had had an insecurity, like maybe people are not going to take me seriously. And I don't know if you can see, but I'll sit, take off, to remove my chair. But I'm only four, ten and a half, so I am very petite. And being a student of color on a mainly white predominant campus, I mean, of course you're not going to, I mean, of course I felt a little insecure. Right. And I didn't want to talk. And I didn't want to put myself out there at first because it was scary. It was scary adapting to a new place where you are not the majority anymore. You're a minority. And how do you navigate that? And thankfully, like NAU has done a lot to make sure that first generation students, out of state students, um, all of those groups that may feel like a minority on campus have those safe spaces to kind of navigate this process together or with a professional or a full-time staff member. But it's like, how do you navigate that? I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's something that we don't, that we're not taught in a way to how to navigate these predominantly white spaces or connect with these people. And I just want to re- like rewind back to what you said, like, there is no right English or wrong English or that shit. That's a microaggression, my friends. So if, yes. you hear, if you hear that or something along the variations of like, oh, you speak very well English. I thought you would have an accent or it's like everyone has their own accent, like as Delicia, as Ari, as whoever. Right. They, everyone has their own individual accent. Like you said, that's your identity capital. So it's like, how do you build those skill sets to appreciate that within yourself and take that as something positive versus um, something negative that the system wants you to feel like an imposter. Um, 110%. And something you said at the beginning of the conversation of uh, knowing your why when you're going to apply to a university is so important. And also in the job market, knowing why you want to apply somewhere. 
And something that I love that you said about demystifying the recruiter in this process, when applying to college and to jobs, like the recruiter is there to help you and wants to build a relationship with you. They're not like this, this God that sits on their throne. They want to talk to you. They want to connect with you. They want to know who you are and they want to help you along the process. And it's really important to build a relationship with them because it's a 50-50 or maybe 100-100%, right? You have to give 100% of yourself. The company and the university has to give 100% of themselves. So it's a good match. It's kind of like dating, right? Like you you have to match. It's not like right. one person has more power and the other person has no power. You have to both bring something to the table. So you're also interviewing a university and you're also interviewing a job or like a company. So you have to also remember that you also have power in the dynamic and the conversation. Sorry, I'm just letting all my dogs in. Oh, it's okay. Do you want to say hi? Yes, say hi. Oh, what? <laughs> they're, they're outside. But yet, no, 110%. And then to kind of touch on that, after I gra graduated from NAU, I finally you know, landed a full-time position in university admissions at NAU. So I wanted to give myself like that full circle experience, mm -hmm. being able to recruit students and make those relationships, like how that admissions officer three years back did for me. Right. Um, so mm, fall 2018, I believe, yeah, fall 2018 is when I started and I was assigned the whole state of New Mexico, as well as Thatcher and Safford, which is in southeastern Arizona, as well as the Four Corners region. Mm -hmm. And I will be honest with you, I thought my, my assumption was all students are the same. They're going to know what the ACT is. They're going to know what the SAT is. They're going to know all of these things and why I'm here. My first trip was on a native reservation, um, kind of in between New Mexico and Arizona. And I had students come up to me and be like, yeah, I don't know what I want to do. Um, I don't know how to access the application because I don't have a laptop at home. And I was like, what? Um, and that's where I came down from my little terrace of oh my gosh there is a digital divide in higher education or in mm -hmm. education in general especially now during covid where a lot of students are remote or attending uh their classes online what about the population of students that don't even have the technology to even access internet and if they do do we even have internet to give to them? So it was really eye-opening for me because my territory mainly are students from low socioeconomic backgrounds. A lot of them are first-generation students, and a lot of my students were Native American. And mm -hmm. they were really shy. They didn't want to talk to me. I feel my, I feel like I'm pretty personable. <laughs> yes. They did not. They they probably were like, who is this? Who is this young person coming into my classroom talking about higher education when she doesn't even know why maybe I don't even want to pursue a higher education degree? Mm -hmm. And that's what took me back to is that a lot of these students, we just 
I feel like a lot of people just, you know, rule them off because, you know, they're mm-hmm. low SES, they can't afford it anyways, they're not going to retain in higher education. Well, that's not true. Um, a lot of my Native students didn't want to pursue a degree in higher education because that culture values family more than anything else I've seen. And their elders and their mm-hmm. animals, their farm stock or the livestock, excuse me, and their, their farm animals, they rather tend to that then pursue their degree. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to connect with those students and knowing the why, going back to the why, mm-hmm. it just changed my perspective a lot. And it made me realize that even though we are first generation students, your story and my story are going to mm-hmm. be completely different. And I think that we even get written off. Oh, they're just first gen students. Right. They're probably not going to retain as well as the other students that have parents that, you know, have a degree, but that's not true. Um, so trying to make a presence of not all students are the same, even though we are put in these small buckets is super important. And I think as education rolls forward and the environment of education fastly changes Mm -hmm. because of COVID, we need to make sure that our institutions and our leaders of those institutions know where each single student comes from because it's not going to be the same. Right. And have that flexibility. I think the biggest thing that this pandemic is teaching institutions that need to change their molds of how they do things is flexibility, patience, and lessening of um, expectations that they might have that are just not feasible, right? So if a student doesn't have a laptop or access to a library that has computers or Wi-Fi to even access the application to apply to college, like those are rudimentary basic rights and skills that they need to have before they can say, yes, I want to apply to a four year or two year degree. And then once they get through that first hurdle of like the access to the application, like logging into common app or coalition and realizing they don't have access to that is like, okay, we need to re envision reframe and redo everything. If they can't even access that. And then let's say they do, and then they get to college and they, they have to do the FAFSA, the college board application, like all those things to then even get money. And then, and then they get to school. Yes, they made it. Oh my gosh. Now we have to get them through the four years, the two years and, or, or whatever they decide to do. And then once they graduate, it's like, okay, they don't stop being first gen or they don't stop being native or they don't stop being underrepresented in the workforce. First gen doesn't leave you at the graduation stage. Like you have to continue that throughout your life, the lifetime, uh, or throughout your lifetime. So, but honestly, the like 110%, even when it came to the interviewing process for my full-time position, I wasn't ready. My parents or my dad specifically has a blue collar job, which is very traditional during his time. And my mom was an administrative assistant and they, I feel like interviews back then were not how they are right now. And my admissions interview uh, for a full-time staff position was presenting twice and then interviewing twice with their leadership, with the whole group. So I was talking to about 30 people in one room during my interview. 
And I cried wow. after mm-hmm. because I was not prepared for that. And to be honest, I feel like a lot of first generation students might encounter that same thing, like just completely mm-hmm. being blindsided. Um, and Felicia's right. Like after you graduate and rock, walk across that stage, that label of first gen does not leave you. It also carries on throughout your life and into the professional workforce. Um, and now after my time at admissions, I work in information technology services, which is a predominantly male um, work environment, if you will. And I right. walked in there as being one of the younger ones. So I already had mm-hmm. that pegged on me, yeah. um, a woman of color, and then just not your traditional IT person. Um, so it's just being resilient. I think that a lot of first generation students are, but also you have to deeply feel the resiliency because there's going to be a lot of hurdles even Mm -hmm. outside of your degree as well. And just finding those other people. And I think this is why I was attracted to Delicia's podcast and her, her line of work is because she's trying to connect people and form this network of folks that are going to be a supportive group of people to help you succeed when you approach the higher education environment, when you're in the higher education environment, and what happens after you graduate. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like it's still pretty new. I think the the term first gen in the higher education setting is still fairly new. Mm -hmm. A lot of universities are kind of getting, you know, their traction on funding and trying to build that support for these students, which Mm -hmm. is definitely great, but come on folks. Gotta, (laughs) like we gotta get the ball rolling. Yeah, like we're in 2020. (laughs) Like, come on, We we need to start rolling this out. We need to start building those networks because Let's say if your university doesn't have it, you can come here, talk with us, hear hear what we experienced during our journeys. You can hear what other folks from across the country have heard, and hopefully you can identify with some of the things that are shared within this podcast, no matter if it's this specific one or the ones before or after, but Mm -hmm. hopefully we can create that safe space for you to feel comfortable and achieve something in higher education. And I think that's something super important. I don't know if this is just because my grandfather ruled in my head that, (laughs) you know, getting an education is going to better you in life. And I think that being in higher academia definitely gives you different perspectives that you probably would have never heard of and allows you to build that identity capital, like I said before, that Mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't have in any other environment. Um, So it's a really unique experience. And I know for a fact that Delicia and I will champion you, whatever you want to do. Like we're on your side. We're your team. Yeah. Um, So if you're hesitant, if finances are stopping you, let us, let us connect you some, to some scholarships, y'all. Basically Mm -hmm. it's free money, free (laughs) money. We like everything that starts with F and ends with re because (laughs) (laughs) it's it's great (laughs) um and if it's something else that's stopping you I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be this advocate of everybody needs to go get their degree because that's not 
that's not what I'm trying to say. But if you right. want to get your degree and that drive is in there, in your heart, in your gut, wherever it is, and something's stopping you from pursuing that, let's chat about it. Because there are a lot of hurdles that probably Talisha have to go through. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of hurdles that other students that have gone through and are still going through to pursue their degree and even just live, live and go to college. Like let's take like living on campus. That's a whole different struggle, but like adulting for the first time, right? Yeah. When you're on your own and let's say that your parents are not supporting you, like what type of employment are you going to get? What kind of other avenues that, that you can like exhaust if you're just navigating this for the whole first time. It's Mm -hmm. hard, but you know what? There are people that are going to champion you and help you throughout this process. And I think that that's just special. So Felicia, you've done, I just, I don't know, like where were you four, three years ago? I don't know when your homegirl was like crying in her bed, just like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And there will be those moments, you guys, where, or, you know, where you're just sitting there crying because there are so many external factors. And I'm not going to lie to you and say it's easy. And I'm right. not going to lie to you and say that there are all good days and college is just like neighbors with Zac Efron. Haha, <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> I wish like it was. Unicorns and butterflies. Yeah, and unicorns and butterflies and leprechauns and rainbows. <laughs> but it's not. But honestly, I'll tell you this. It's the most rewarding thing. Because I, I feel like I know myself. I can now make a difference. I know my calling. I know my why. And I'm going to make an impact no matter what. Because I see so many other students that are trying to get into higher education. But let's say, and, and this is as an institution, I feel like a lot of institutions fault. But like I went to a college fair at a high school on the reservation and there were only two colleges there Mm. like hello other institutions where you at like how are these students going to access and make them even feel valuable as a student and as a person if no one shows up right um so there's just a bunch of things I could talk forever and ever, but there's definitely <laughs> a value. There's definitely a value in higher education and yeah. just know that Alicia's trying her damn best to make sure that there's, there's people in a support group that you folks can yeah. tune into and connect you to. Um, because I feel like a lot of the folks that Alicia has featured on her podcast and will feature on her podcast have mm-hmm. a commonality We are all passionate about serving students, whether you're first gen or not, and connecting you to the resources to believe and achieve in higher education, period. Period. (laughs) And take period. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Which is why I wanted to start competing again in pageants. Um, And I started did I start maybe nine ten but it was like you know those toddler and tiaras pageants (laughs) like elbow elbow wrist wrist like really glitzy and then in 2018 I competed for Miss Arizona um and I was just kind of 
flailing around in it, honestly, because I just didn't know what to do. I didn't really have a support system. I was competing in a different state where my family and friends really weren't. Yeah. Um, and that posed a lot of insecurities in, in me as well. And after my grandfather passed this past July, I'm kind of going before that. I took a break from pageants. I needed to focus on my full-time career. I needed to focus yeah. on school. I'm getting my master's. I'm going to graduate this fall. Like all of these things are happening. Snaps for that. Yay. Thank goodness. Cause I'm almost done. And I'm so done by the way. <laughs> oh, working full time and try. Yeah. Like great. Year, I need to, what, that, year like 20 of school. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, but that's the best thing, you know, like, I feel like the tools that you get in higher ed makes you a continuous learner, whether mm -hmm. you stop at your bachelor's level, whether you stop at the master's level, whether you stop at a doctoral level, you are right. constantly learning. And that's just the amazing part. But after my grandfather died back in July, and I wasn't able to fly home to Hawaii because of COVID, and they have very strict regulations and laws out right now. Yeah. I, something just spoke to me. Like, maybe you should run again, see, see what it's like. And this specific pageant, the National United States Scholarship Pageant, heavily focuses on scholarship, your platform, what you want to advocate for during your year as a title holder, um, community service, all of these things that are pretty wholesome in my mind. Like, why don't you promote education, Ari? Like just something spoke to me. So mm -hmm. I think was it two, two weeks ago, I signed my contract with the NAU Foundation, uh, which is basically a scholarship hub for NAU students to access scholarship opportunities. It's really simple. I think it's like one application and then that's it. So it's kind of like the common app, but for scholarships, but for NAU <laughs> students, <laughs> I, I don't know to, to make it the most simplistic way possible. Yeah. So it's $10,000 over a span of six years. And I'm probably going to have the preference of the student being first gen. Um, because I know as a first generation student myself, mm -hmm. when I filled out that FAFSA, my parents together made too much and exceeded the threshold for me to be eligible for grants, et cetera, et cetera. But that didn't mean that I needed the financial aid. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to find other avenues to help supplement my tuition, my housing, my books, my groceries after mm -hmm. I moved off campus, all of these things. So I actually benefited from one of the scholarships at NAU. So I wanted to do a full 360 180? See, I'm really bad at math. <laughs> it's okay, we don't do math on this podcast. Yeah, okay, we don't do math. Okay, thank goodness. We do a full circle. Maybe it is a 360. Whatever that is. All, your ma all my math students out there, where are you at? Please help me out. Let us know in <laughs> the comments. Yeah, let us know in the comments because I'm really having a brain fart right now. <laughs> but I wanted to give that back. So if there are any NAU students listening, definitely apply to it. First generation students will be preferred, uh, but that's just another way that 
I'm just trying to help other students yeah. because I know it's tough and you can work all the hours a week that you want to, but then you also have to think about the other outside factors like right. my mental health. You do not want to drive yourself into the ground every week, just trying to make ends meet. So I'm just trying right. to maybe alleviate a thick a section, little <laughs> section of it. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. I'm going to probably do like a virtual 5k run to fundraise for the scholarship. Um, all of these good things. I've been collecting blankets and books uh, to I donate to Louie's Cupboard, which is our first generation kind of like grab and go um, oh, I love that. for students that are maybe food insecure. They even come with little mittens sometimes oh, during that. the winter. Um, so you can volunteer or donate. So that's awesome. Just all of the things, all of the things, because I know that there's probably other students out there that have it the same or even worse, or maybe even better than me, but still, regardless, they're, welcome to the college life. <laughs> welcome to college. So if, if this scholarship is going to be uh, predominantly focused on first gen, how would you define first gen um, for yourself and for anyone who's listening? Right. Hmm. And I feel like the lines are pretty, it can be pretty convoluted, but the traditional definition in my mind is having an immediate family member. So either your guardian or your biological parents not obtain a degree higher than an associate's degree. I think that's very textbook okay. definition, but honestly, um, like one of my roommates, both parents went to college, have their degree, but it's been a minute since they navigated the higher education world. Mm. So they don't really know anymore um, what that's like. So, I mean, it could be an array of things. Right. Really. Or even if your parents went to college abroad in another country and then they immigrated here, they t don't really know the U.S. higher ed yes. system. So then that's also first gen in a way because their kids have to right. go through the system if they choose to stay in the U.S. and all that stuff. But that's another kind of uh, definition I've heard, too. Interesting. And I mean, even for that's very similar to one of my students whose parents are born in Mexico and then she is now an American citizen. They got their degree in Mexico, but there's no translation with mm -hmm. no translation. Yeah. And the American society for first generation students yes. that translate internationally, but that's okay. That's another, well, that's a whole other, another thing. box, <laughs> but no, that's I mean, it could be, two. yeah. Part two, segment five, <laughs> episode season 10, <laughs> but yeah, it could be a lot of things. And it could be to the point where maybe you don't even have those guardians or parents. What if it's your siblings? Yeah. It could be so many different people of different things on the table. Be a lot of different things. And I think that that's another thing that institutions need to work on because they go off the textbook definition of first gen and they don't include the other circumstances that students may encounter like what if it's their grandparents but their parents have a degree but you know maybe they're out of the picture or yeah. maybe if it's a single family household let's say dad has a degree but dad is no longer in the picture but mom doesn't have a degree 
Right. How do you classify that? So it's, yeah. it's very convoluted. And like I said, I think institutions need to do a better job at realizing not all students are the same, even though you have that label on you. Absolutely. Because my, one of my friends from Hawaii is white passing. And, you know, we, we have the same struggle of adapting to the collegiate experience with being in a predominantly white area but since he's white passing he kind of meshes in more mm-hmm. but we're still from hawaii we right. are technically an out-of-state student from hawaii but our paths are so different right he has more of an assimilation to the right. predominant culture so if you could tell your younger self something um or a piece of advice or tip, what would you tell her? And it can be about anything, not just college and career. It can be- That's that's a good question. (laughs) It would just be like Nike has (laughs) copyrighted. Just do it, just do it. Do it if you know that you're not gonna like it. Do it if you're scared. Do it if you feel the most confident in yourself. Just do it because you never know what your response is, what you're going to gain from that experience. Because even though, like, I'm going to go back to this higher education. There were times where I was like, Mom, you better come pick me up. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm, like, struggling in school. And from the high school setting, I was, like, a straight-A student. Right. And I'm not trying to boast, but there are a lot of students out there like thinking, okay, I was a straight A student. I took AP classes and now I'm going to just kick butt in college. And granted, you probably are. But once you have that first like bio 181 or chemistry (laughs) something or math something that is going to be a little more challenging for you in a different setting, maybe in a possibly different environment with a larger class all of these weird outside factors play into like oh i'm just a tiny little fish in this big big pond Mm -hmm. but just do it just go ahead and do it if you need (laughs) if you need help ask Mm -hmm. if you want to do something like i have never been in snow before prior to moving up here so the first day (laughs) it snowed I woke up all my sweet mates. I woke up all my roommates and granted they were pissed and it was 2 a.m. We had class the next day, but I just went ahead in my shorts and my sleeping pajamas and went in the snow. Just do all the things because all the things equals no regret equals identity (laughs) capital equals a happier, more confident, successful you. I love that. On period. Um, <laughs> are you just going to make a gif out of me now? Am I going to go viral? Yes, on period. A period. We're trying to appease the Gen Z. <laughs> right? Okay, perfect. I love this. So if you're listening, make sure you ask for help. Just do it. No regrets equals your identity capital on period. That's that's it. That's the mic drop. Mic drop on period. <laughs> yes. So are there any last 
uh, thoughts that you think uh, students need to hear, like right now in this, the world that we're living in right now? Um, and what are your thoughts uh, with the future of higher ed? I think due to this pandemic, of course, the education setting, regardless if you're in elementary, middle, high school, collegiate, is going to change because of this pandemic. And I think the way that education, I feel like it's just a little behind the eight ball sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't want this pandemic to devalue who you are as a student, because maybe it isn't appealing to you as much. And that connection is not there. But know that there are people like Delisha and myself that are going to help you navigate this new world. It's already stressful as it is, mm -hmm. right? It's already stressful as it is. Um, and there's a lot of pressure and a lot of uncertainty. And that, for me personally, causes anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else out there, but if... I think all of us. <laughs> like, hello, therapist, please help me. There's a global pandemic and I'm anxious. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, it's this pandemic. <laughs> but in times of uncertainty, we, I feel like now more than ever, there needs to be that network and those people that are going to champion you and remind you that you are special and that you are worthy of achieving whatever you want to become. Because during this time, let's say, and because of the digital divide, there's a lot of students that are not accessing their classes or their internet connection is not great and they're not mm -hmm. able to feel like they can succeed or move forward in this time. Mm -hmm. But there are people that are going to help you. There are going to be people that are just going to support you and remind you that you are valid or not valid, but you know, you are They're valid. Worthy. Yeah, you are worthy. And just give you that sense of validity because sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. And if you don't get that at home, you can get it here. If you yeah. don't get it at school, you can get it here because there's going to be a lot of people that come onto this podcast to reiterate that first-gen students can do it. Regardless yeah. of what kind of situation you've encountered, what kind of situations that you are going to encounter, that you are powerful, you are awesome, and you can be just as successful as everybody else no matter where you started. So that is it. I'm not going to blab and go on my gossip, my, my like praise and worship gossip. That's for after hours. Yeah. yeah, that's for after hours. Catch me after 10 p.m. We'll have another um, podcast for that. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yes. So if you're still with us, Ari has dropped so many gems in this episode and this conversation. The crux of this is to really be confident and sh feel that you're supported. If it's not at home, if it's not at your institution, wherever you are, if you're listening, know that we got you. We're here to support you. If you have questions, please, please let us know. All our information is going to be in the show notes, in the comment section. Uh, email us, find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you, TikTok, wherever you <laughs> are, make sure you get in touch with us. We want to be your support system uh, during these times. And 
our, I'm going to drop all of Ari's um, communication channels so you can touch base with her. If you're in Arizona or have questions about where she works or her scholarship, make sure you get in touch with her. And stay tuned. We might come back for a part two and build off of this episode and continue the conversation because we have still so many things to talk about, like financial aid, study abroad. What do you want to do when you grow up after you graduate? So make sure you come back and listen to that. Are there any parting words, Ari, that you want to tell our listeners? Thank you folks for listening to me for about an hour. I hope it, I hope that it was a helpful and learning experience and hopefully you can take something away from uh, Delisha and I's chat here and yeah. then hopefully stay tuned for more. But take care, be well, and you got this. Yes, you got this. See you guys in the next one. takeaway from today's episode and comment commentary on your biggest learnings. If you would like more information about the person that I interviewed and the guest, make sure you check out the show notes where all the information will be there on how to reach them, learn more about their work. And if you would like to work with me, uh, please check out the website www.deliciaalexander.com slash services and that's where you will learn how we can work together. You can add me on Instagram, Delisiaalexander.com where we can chat and connect that way as well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and cheers to the next one. Again, I'm Delicia, your host for College and Career Chats for your resident idea.